You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Good morning, Hill City. It is so good to see you guys here. Uh, We are just getting ready for Christmas. That's exciting. We are working our way through this series, He Shall Be Called, as we approach Christmas. And this is about the prophecy that Isaiah gave to the Israelite people when they were in the deepest darkness ever and just needed hope. They needed that light in the darkness. So we're going through the titles of Jesus that are contained in that prophecy that Isaiah gave. Last week we covered the Everlasting Father. This week we are covering the Prince of Peace. We're going to dig into what that means. We're going to dig into how Jesus portrayed that, how he lived that out in a way so different than we might expect. And then we're going to talk about how that applies to us today as well. So before we dig in, I just want to pray over all of us in this room today and all the people that could not make it here, um, but that are part of this community and will be part of this community someday that don't even know it yet. God, thank you so much for, for Hill City. Thank you for this vision that you've given. Thank you for this mission that you've, you've given to us, God. But most of all, thank you for being in it. God, this is your mission, your vision, way more than it has ever been any of ours. God, give us the, the strength to live it out. Give us the strength to, to live this life, to be uh, a beacon to the world, to be that, that light, the city on a hill that, that shines so brightly in your name, God. And God, to do that, we need to hear from you. Not just the, the recorded word, God, but we need to hear from you in our day-to-day lives. So God, I invite you into this space today. Fill this space with your spirit. Be here so present, God, so thick that we can't move through this place without encountering you. God, that's what we pray every day and especially this morning. Lord, fill this space. Fill our hearts and fill our ears with your wonderful words. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so book of Isaiah, like I said, they were in the deepest darkness imaginable, right? No identity, no freedom. Everything that they had known about God seems to have just slipped away overnight, and they are desperately searching for any sign of hope that the God that they've worshipped is still there and still on their side. And Isaiah comes and promises them this. This is in Isaiah chapter 9. He says, for to us, A child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. That's what we're going to focus on today. This is a very purposeful title. Now we've already talked about, if you weren't here the past three weeks, I encourage you to go back and listen to uh, these three other titles because they were covered wonderfully. Josh did a great job 
um, with his, and I also spoke on one. But we, we learned that when Jesus takes on these titles, it's not because he does a really good job of, of embodying that trait. That's not what it is. No, Jesus was here before the earth was made. When he takes on these titles, it's because he is the very definition. He is the very truth that that is trying to explain. So when it says he is the prince of peace, it's not because he's a really peaceful guy and he dresses like royalty. No, it's because he is the very ambassador of peace itself to this world. See, when we think of it the other way, when we think that he's just really good at being peaceful, we get, we get it so wrong. And we look for his peace in ways that he never intended to bring it. I want you to understand, when he calls himself the prince, that has meaning too. See, he, he has a parable. It's called the parable of the tenants. And here's, I'm just going to summarize it for you. There's a wealthy man, and he's a landlord over this property, and people rent from him, and when they rent out the property, they say, okay, we'll give you a share of the crops that we grow. Well, the year comes and goes, and he says, I didn't get my share. Let me send a, a servant over and just ask him, you know, clear up any miscommunication, see if, you know, they could still reach me. And they beat the servant and kill him and say, no, you're not getting your share. And the landlord says, oh, that's unfortunate. Let me send another servant. Same thing happens. And he says, you know what? They've ignored three servants in a row. I'm going to send my son. Surely they will listen to him. The same thing happens to the son. So this is pretty common practice. Back when there was, you know, heavy tension between nations, you would send an ambassador, and sometimes that ambassador would get killed. But when you send the prince, you know, everybody better listen. Everybody better understand that this, the word that is coming down, is the word of the king. So when Jesus himself, the prince of peace, shows up, we are hearing the very words of peace. Not words that look like peace, but we are hearing peace itself in its rawest and truest form. That's who we're talking about today. Jesus is the ultimate peace. So, I told you that when we get it backwards, we start looking for Jesus to, to show this peace, to show this title in a way that maybe isn't really intended by him. We start looking for him to to come in and wipe away our situation. And oh, okay, now the chaos is gone. Now I have peace. No, that's calm. That's calm. That's not, that's not the true peace, the, the peace that is deep inside of you and, and forms who you are and how you see the world. There's a, a beautiful psalm. And I'm going to go ahead and read it for us. And if you've been in church at all, Throughout your life, you know this one. It's Psalm 23. I'm going to read it for us now. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, and I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. 
He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to notice something right there. The shadow of darkness is still in that valley. The enemies are still surrounding the table. The shepherd didn't wipe them all out. Yet there's peace. There's comfort. There's an understanding here that, that the psalmist is trying to put forward. And it's not that peace means everything goes to, to just neutral and, and all your enemies are destroyed and all the tough times in your life are completely thrown down and erased. That's not what it means. It means that Jesus is going to step into that situation with you. He's not going to rip you out of it. And he's not going to erase it entirely, but he's going to be there with you. From the moment Jesus was born, it's exactly what he was doing. He was stepping into some of the darkest situations in all of life. Everyone knows the, the Christmas story. It's a beautiful story, right? Mary and Joseph, they go to the inn. There's no room. And they find themselves giving birth in the stable and placing Jesus in a manger. If that's not chaotic enough, I want to point you to what happens right after that. Because this is the part that gets left out of the story a little bit, and rightfully so, because it is dark, and it is painful, and it is terrifying. Because what happens right after that is King Herod sends his men into that village to murder every young boy under the age of two. And Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, they escape because an angel comes and says, you need to leave now. Run. Run to Egypt. From the moment Jesus is born, he's cast into this chaos. He's cast into this absolute darkness. And it's looking just like it was when Isaiah promised this prince to come and deliver peace. But you know why that part of the story isn't what we remember? Because Jesus was born. Jesus, the, the one that didn't fix that situation, but brought ultimate salvation to the entire world. That's his story. It might be full of this chaos, but through it, he changed the world around him. He changed the people that follow him to understand his peace better, to understand his salvation better. It doesn't end there. It was not just the beginning of Jesus' life that, that he's in this, this turmoil, this chaos, that he's in the darkest valleys. I want you to picture Easter. We're far from Easter right now on the, on the calendar. That's okay. Picture it for me. Jesus is kneeling down in this garden praying to his father 
He says, God, I see the situation in front of me. I see the pain that's about to happen. I see the chaos. I see the hurt. I see the darkness. I see the suffering. God, I see it. And he asks, if there's a way for it to be removed, please. But ultimately, he understands that's not peace. He understands that man will be forever at war with sin unless true peace is recognized. So he says, Father, your will be done. Your will be done. Because it's not about the, the cross in front of me being taken away and, and all the soldiers being wiped out. No, it's about the strength that God, you give me to get through this. It's about the, the understanding that you give me that this is your will and I am walking in your way, which is better than anything that I could ever imagine, even in these darkest moments. Jesus understands that. When he is the ambassador of, of peace to this world, the prince, he's not coming to, to make war and wipe out all opposition, all darkness, all death, all pain. He's coming to strengthen you in the middle of it. That is the peace he brings. I want to call back to, to Psalm 23. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Again, this is something that Jesus understands intimately. You want to know how I know? He shared a table with the man that betrayed him. There was a table laid for him at that Last Supper. And he shared food with the man that was about to betray him to his death. Jesus understands what it is to be surrounded by people that don't, don't just not like him. They don't just get on his nerves. They don't just try and talk bad behind his back. They plot his death. And while he's sitting there at the table, dipping his food and locking eyes with the man that is planning on betraying him, he speaks words of peace. He looks at all of them and he shares not just his food, but his body and his blood with them. Because he understands this, this right here, this sacrifice that I'm about to give, they will all know peace forevermore. So this, this enemy here at the table, not here to, to shame Judas and wipe him off the face of the earth, no. It's not about that. It's about the, the strength that peace brings to get me through these situations. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says this, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. 
He's saying to us, it doesn't matter the, the darkness that you face. It doesn't matter the enemies surrounding your table. That's not what I want you to focus on. I know what it's like to be there. I've been there. I spent my whole life in that valley being hunted, being hated. It's not about that. I didn't come to wipe that out of your way. I came to strengthen you in the midst of it. I came to be with you through it. Jesus understands what it's like to to face those types of struggles. To know Christ, to know him as the peace in your life, that is what it is to overcome anything that that, that the world throws at you. And sometimes I struggle with this. I love peace. But I've misunderstood it for most of my life. Because for me, it was, oh, wipe the situation out. And when things get crazy, when, when there's chaos and darkness, my initial reaction is, oh, I need to find my idea of peace. So I'm going to step back. I'm going to remove myself from this situation. I'm going to ignore it, and I'm going to turn my head. I'm going to pretend it's not there. I'm going to just focus on what my hands can do right now, and then we'll be good. But you know what? One of the most frustrating things I've had to learn in my life is? It's when Jesus takes my head and cranks it back around to stare at the chaos, and he says, no. This is for you. You're going to go through this. But I am too. This is for you. You are going to go through this, but you're not going to go through it alone. This is for you. You're going to go through this. And when you come out on the other side, you're going to know me better. Because you had to lean on me. This is for you, and you can't do this alone. I know you. I made you. I know what you can take, and it's not this. I can. You're not going to have any choice but to lean on me. You're not going to have any choice but to look to me, and that's the point. You want peace in this world? You need to know and accept the gospel that Jesus has offered you. And this is that gospel. I'm going to make it as simple as I can. And if you ever hear me preaching from this stage and this gospel doesn't come out of my mouth, take the microphone, tell me to go study some more, tell me to go spend time with Jesus and come back later because this is the whole point right here. That God loved the world so much that he sent his son to live a perfect life even in the shadow of all this darkness, to live a perfect life, to die on a cross for your sins and mine, to raise again three days later so that we may have life with him eternally, so that we can look to him for our salvation. He conquered death for all. He conquered sin for all. So when we put our faith in him, We are saved with him. We are raised to life with him. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart, 
that, that Jesus is Lord and confess. I'm sorry, if you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you are saved. That's the gospel. So when that chaos around me is going crazy and, and I, I feel that urge to just step back and I feel that urge to, to withdraw and I feel like, you know what, the best source of peace for me is to just get out of this situation and Jesus comes and grabs my face and says, look, I know, but we're going through this together. I'm walking this way and I'm calling you to follow me. I know that I'm not walking into a trap. I know that I'm not going to get blindsided. Because Jesus escaped everything that was thrown at him except for the cross that he needed to bear. I know that he's got me. I know that he's got me. The ultimate peace in this life is knowing that no matter what happens in this world, God's got me. I might still find financial ruin as part of it. I might still be out of a job someday. God's got me. I might find myself in so much pain that I can't bear it. God's got me. And it's really easy to say this, and, and it's really easy to, to say this while I'm standing up here well and employed, and you know it's, it's great to, to have that mentally... But the truth is, I know it to be true. It is part of my identity that I count on God. It's part of who I am, that the gospel is so deep inside of my soul that it defines who I am and continually redefines who I am as I walk through those chaotic situations with Jesus. He continually strengthens that relationship that I have with him. Because guess what? My understanding of peace, as long as it stays at that just calm level, I'm never going to know Jesus deeper. When true peace is, is knowing Jesus, it's never going to happen if I just know his name from the book. No, I need to walk in relationship with him. So that when the unexpected darkness comes, when the unexpected you know, rake to the face hits me, I can turn to Jesus. Because I know him. I know where he's at. I know his number. I got it. I'm in relationship with him. That's the peace that we get to know. And it's hard sometimes because we like the calm. We like the quiet. We like not having to walk through the darkness. We like not having to walk through the chaos. But guess what? You get to know Jesus better. You get to see the power of God in your own life. You're not going to be able to avoid it. But knowing the God that made you, that saved you, it makes it worth it. It makes it worth it. I don't quite go seeking that darkness and chaos at all, but when it comes, I know who to turn to. I turn to the Prince of Peace. And I ask him, just like Jesus did in the garden, if 
if I don't have to go through this, I'd really rather not. But if this is your will, then at the end of whatever darkness this is, God, please make sure that I know you better. Please make sure that I, I am so much stronger in my relationship with you than I would have been if I had avoided this. God, use this, use me for a purpose. Let me build my life on the gospel, the true gospel that you have given to this world. That is what it means to be the prince of peace. That is what it means. And if you're at a point right now in your life where, you know what? You're ready to accept Jesus as your prince of peace. You're ready to say, you know, the darkness is coming. Maybe it's been in your life for years. But you're ready to say, I want to follow this Jesus. Not so that he can erase it, but so that when I walk through this, I'm walking with a peace that changes me. If you're ready to truly give your life to Jesus and you haven't been baptized, I encourage you to come up and be baptized today. The water is not warm because I forgot to plug the heater in. But if you're ready to take an ice plunge for Jesus, the baptismal is right here. And we would love to get you baptized. We have clothing. It's not warm either, but we've got extra towels. So if that's you, please come up to a leader uh, during worship and let us know. We would love to get you baptized today. If you want to wait until it's warmer, let us know that too. We can probably arrange that. I'm going to invite Mike back up. We're going to go into a time of prayer. Jesus, thank you for the peace that you give us. God, we all walk through dark times. We all walk through chaos, walk through just seasons of life that hurt. And as much as we don't want to go through those, God, we definitely don't want to go through those alone. Lord, be with us in those moments. Strengthen us in those moments. Change us in those moments, God, so that our face naturally turns toward yours, so that your light naturally shines on us, God, so that we're no longer looking for escape routes, but we're looking for the growth that you have. We're looking for the true salvation that you offer, God. Lord, we love you so much. And we love you because you love us so much more. God, be with us in this space. Change us in this space. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Thank you.